the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Where were you 50 years ago tonight? Well, maybe you weren't alive. Uh, maybe you were alive, but you're too young to remember. Or maybe you were alive and you don't care, but uh, I know exactly where I was 50 years ago right now. I wish I could remember exactly where it was, but I know I was grabbing something to eat on my way to Three Rivers Stadium, which opened on July 16th, 1970, about 50 years minus about two hours from right now, and it was a big deal, big, big deal. There had been uh, years of uh, political fighting to make the stadium happen, much like what we saw with PNC Park. Uh, The opening was delayed because it wasn't finished in time for the start of the season. Forget why. Might have been some kind of a strike. Not sure. Uh, I could look it up, but I don't remember. Uh, but that's why the first game in there was, wasn't played until July 16th. They started the season at Forbes Field. Uh, you'd have to be old enough to appreciate what a spectacular scene it was when they opened the place. First of all, 50,000 people in there. That number one, you just didn't. Forbes Field only held like 35,000. And Forbes Field was a, a beautiful ballpark. The park itself, the baseball part of it, the wall, the, the ivy, the grass, the infield, the blah, blah, the, you know, the actual field. But uh, but it had turned into a dump. Uh, parking was a nightmare in Oakland. Uh, it was so different to get there and have plenty of parking right around the new place. And then seeing the artificial turf inside the big bowl with the new electronic, uh, fancy electronic scoreboard with messages on it and uh, animated pictures of the players. It was like looking at a giant uh, spaceship or being uh, taken to another planet. It was just very spectacular. And everything at Forbes Field was uh, steel and bricks and real green grass. Three River Stadium was all plastic, including the playing surface. And as stunning as it was to, you know, to to, uh, to be in that new ballpark, sitting in brand new comfortable seats with uh, no pillars in front of you, used to have beams, you know, poles in front of you at Forbes Field. The most stunning thing to me and my buddy Goose, who I went to the game with, were the Pirates' uniforms. Nothing like them had ever been seen before. And the Pirates had done a great job of keeping it a secret that they were going to come out with new uniforms. They came out on the field uh, for warm-ups in their old and what would now be really old-fashioned uniforms. And then they went inside, and uh, when they came out for the national anthem, and uh, and I guess they introduced the starting lineups because it was a big deal because it was the opening of the stadium. Anyway, when they went inside and came out to be introduced, uh, they were in their brand-new double-knit uniforms. They looked great. Uh, I mean, and just absolutely, totally different from anything anybody had ever seen a baseball team wear. It didn't take long for us to, to decide that uh, the old uniforms were better, but you know, that night they, they looked spectacular. We thought they were great. And then this anniversary got me to thinking about something today. That stadium opened on this date in 1970 as Three Rivers Stadium. It was blown up 30 years later as Three Rivers Stadium. The name never changed. And think of all the money the Steelers and the Pirates passed up by never selling the naming rights for 30 years. That's millions and millions and millions of dollars. And there's something kind of nice about being able to refer to Three Rivers Stadium and have everybody know exactly what you're talking about. Now, PNC Park and Heinz Field got their names from PNC Bank and the Heinz Company uh, because they spent millions of dollars. I'm not sure when the uh, naming rights are up at Heinz Field, but I'm pretty sure PNC has one year left. Like next year might be the year that they have to either renew or they move to something else. So the names eventually of both uh, buildings could be changed. The Pirates played at Forbes Field for 60 years. So if you say Forbes Field, you think Pirates. What will somebody think uh, 50 years from now when you say PNC Park, if it's still there? Will it be named something else then? Who knows? Uh, But... um, uh, I'm not sure when the naming rights are up but uh, I, at Heinz, but I know a PNC might be done in a year. So anyway, um, imagine if the name of the park uh, had changed. Forbes Field I'm talking about now. If it had changed every 10 years or so, it just wouldn't be the same. 
Maybe not a big deal, but, you know, there is something nice about a building maintaining its identity. And Three Rivers Stadium just said Pittsburgh. Three Rivers, where it was sitting, the whole thing. And you have to wonder if the companies that spend millions and millions of dollars to get their names on a building, you wonder if they get their money's worth out of it. I saw a study a while ago that says they don't. Um, but anyway, um, that's one of the que- things I'm going to talk about with a, a marketing expert after we take a break. I'm also going to talk to him about what's up with the Redskins and what they have to go through to change their name after so many years. Uh, and in the second half hour, I'll be talking to the author of a book called Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. We're going to see if we can get some inside information on what his girlfriend may be ready to sing about. And here's what we're not going to do. Talk about that disease. We'll come back in just a second. Stick around. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's Windows or Us Pittsburgh.com. Windows or Us Pittsburgh.com. This is Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and I'm very excited to tell you about the book that finally tells the inside story of Obamagate. It's called Above the Law, and it's written by my good friend Matthew Whitaker, the former acting U.S. Attorney General. We all know that the deep state has been out to destroy President Trump since before he was elected. Now in this new book, Above the Law, Matt lays out the inside story of how James Comey at the FBI and top officials at the Justice Department helped fabricate the fake Russian conspiracy with the participation of Barack Obama. You'll read how Mueller and his henchmen created a corrupt report for the sole purpose of political subversion, despite the fact that there was zero evidence of Russian collusion. You want the truth about Obamagate? Matthew Whitaker has written a book. It's called Above the Law. Order it today from Amazon or wherever books are sold. Above the Law by my friend Matt Whitaker. Traveling internationally may not have been a priority for you in recent weeks. But as our country and others around the world start to reopen, we're confident it will be safe to travel to the Holy Land this December. Israel has already reopened to the public while maintaining safe social distancing. In fact, an independent organization recently rated Israel as the number one country on its COVID-19 safety ranking. There is no better time than now to sign up to join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell from MyPillow on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. Visit the answerpgh.com keyword Israel to register. Seize the moment to celebrate life, freedom, and your faith by signing up to visit the inspiring Holy Land. Here's the best part. If for any reason you can't go, cancel without a penalty between now and August 14th. Reserve your spot today and travel to Israel this December with Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Mike Lindell. Visit the answerpgh.com keyword Israel. As life gets back to normal and we start heading back to work, don't leave your leftover stash of toilet paper exposed to rodents. Send them packing the most humane way with Plug-In Pest Free. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free, the electromagnetic device that utilises the active wiring in your home or business to keep rodents and pests away. 100% chemical free and environmentally friendly. Just plug it in. It's that simple. My strongest performer, the Pro Unit, is good for most homes and small businesses up to 4,000 square feet. Now that's fair income. Is your home or business protected? If not, order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code RADIO20 for 20% off. That's gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. gopestfree.com, promo code RADIO20. Don't spray and regret. Plug in. 
and forget. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, based on the rumors floating around on the Internet, the team formerly known as the Redskins has bigger problems than picking a new name. They've hired an attorney to look into their culture. That's never a good sign. Not sure what that's all about. It's just rumors now. But when that's settled, they will have to figure out a new name. What goes into that? How important is it? John Sternel is director of PR at Merritt Mile, a uh, major marketing and PR firm, and he joins us now. John, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for being on. So uh, well, am I pronouncing your last name right? Yeah, Sternel, it's fine. Okay, that works. Good. <laughs> uh, so before we get to the uh, Redskins issue, um, Three Rivers Stadium opened 50 years ago tonight. I mentioned it in the opening of the show. I was there for that. It was around uh, for 30 years and was always known as Three Rivers Stadium. And now it's all about naming rights. Uh, FedEx wanted out of its deal with the Redskins. They had the naming rights to their stadium, and they wanted out. And that's what led to the name change. So my question is, as a marketing guy uh, and a brand guy, are those multi-million dollar deals worth it to people like Heinz and PNC Bank who uh, have the stadiums here? Well, there's a reason why those companies are willing to spend hundreds of millions of dollars. If you if you think back, you know, in the era of Three Rivers Stadium, this was an era where sports marketing hadn't really yet found its groove, no. so to speak. Uh, not until Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys and built AT&T Stadium. That's really when sports marketing took off. But um, these large companies get a lot out of these deals, even though they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars, they get access to the ability to use their name and all of their marketing in many events. So there's a, there's a tremendous return on investment in, uh, in many of these deals. Yeah, I, I, I just, I saw, I wish I knew where I saw it so I could look it up and find it again, but it wasn't that long ago, a couple of months ago, I saw somebody had done a piece saying that it was, uh, it was not, it was, there, I guess he had, backed it up with some figures that just show that it just wasn't worth the investment. Um, what tangible things do they get, though, aside from the name recognition and the, you know, the association with the team uh, that, that makes them keep coming back to do it more uh, and spend more money? Well, for some companies, it's, it's important to be associated with the sport of football. Um, so, some companies don't see a great value in, uh, in being associated with sports in general because their customer base isn't really a, a, a big, a tangible asset when it comes to sports. However, there's a reason why you see a lot of consumer goods types of uh, uh, products and, uh, and companies associated with sports because they know that their constituents and their customers are going to be watching football and they're going to be going to college football games and they want the exposure to those people at these events. So whether it's in their, uh, their own digital marketing platforms or at, uh, at their own corporate events, they want the ability to license and use that sports name in front of these audiences. Yeah, I guess a, uh, a question a lot of people have about just advertising in general is why does coca-cola feel a need to advertise anymore i mean who, who doesn't know what a, what a coke is or a pepsi you know that's uh, a great question it's a great question it's asked a lot and and the simple answer to that is everybody knows what a coke is but everybody knows what a pepsi is also and so coke wants to make sure that when you're walking down that aisle you uh you think just a little bit more about coke than you do pepsi yeah yeah now, what if your name is on a stadium uh, that a really bad team plays in for a long time, like uh, the Buffalo Bills, for example, haven't been to the playoffs since, uh, I think, 1999 or something like that? Well, funny you, funny you bring up the Bills. There's actually a story out uh, that uh, a, a, a toilet bidet company called Tushy has actually announced that they've put in a bid to be the new naming rights holder of uh, of the Bills stadium. They're... Um, their deal is reportedly worth $12.5 million. and one of the reasons why they want to do that is because they, they actually want to host a college bowl game and to- call it the Toilet Bowl. So uh, it's kind of funny that you bring that up because that's actually happening as we speak. Yeah, so uh, I mean, you're not kidding. So that, that people make jokes about, you know, the team's so bad it went to the Toilet Bowl, and they want it's a, a company that makes bidets. 
bidets and essentially toilets. They, um, yeah. they, they, this is a, this is a great way for them to, uh, to, to have some cross brand promotion, um, in, in a, in a, in a, in a setting that people are already kind of having a little fun with. Now, are the bills going to go for it? That's a good question for them. I can't answer that. <laughs> oh boy. I, I think I, there, I, I, I spent some time up in that area, and I know how those, there are some great fans up there, and that's not something that would sit well. It's a, pardon the pun. Uh, that, um, <laughs> you know, that's not a name that would sit well up there. I just don't think it would be. But that's, anyway, it's, but that's uh, another location. That's another location where they went for many, many years without actually having a, a naming rights deal, Ralph Wilson, uh, yep. had his name on the stadium, and, and I'm located down here in South Florida where for many, many years, Joe Robbie was the name on the stadium where the Dolphins play, and they've had a lot of turnover with naming rights, but they finally settled on a deal with Hard Rock a few years ago worth uh, a little over $300 million, and Hard Rock gets great value out of that because they're putting up all their hotels, and now their name is seen on all of these college bowl games and, uh, and, and in the NFL. Yeah. Well, uh, it's uh, interesting, too. It's kind of another subject, but... It's amazing that these teams were able to uh, the, the, not put it this way. The teams were smart. I don't blame the Steelers and the Pirates, but the Steelers and the Pirates and teams in every other city in America, just about, uh, they get the taxpayers to pay for the construction of the building, and then they sell the uh, naming rights to the building that somebody else paid for, and then they collect the money instead of saying, "Listen, I know what we'll do. We'll build a stadium." And then we'll, uh, you guys help us pay for it, and then we'll sell the naming rights and pay you back. Nobody's ever come up with that idea. You know, well, they, they pocket the, the, the money. The, the art of the deal is something that's above my pay grade, but what I can mm-hmm. tell you is that um, the, the, the marketing use um, and vehicle of, of being able to associate your, your corporate image with an NFL team is very valuable. Here at Merritt Mile, we spend a lot of hours working with clients and in how to leverage just those types of uh, arrangements and agreements. And they're, they're extremely lucrative for many brands. We're talking to John Sternel. He's the director of PR at Merritt Mile. It's a major marketing and PR firm. So um, a guy has already grabbed up a bunch of names down there uh, in D.C. that were mentioned as possibilities for the new uh, name for the football team in Washington. He registered trademarks. Uh, so what are, what's that mean to the Redskins, well, like the Washington Football Club? What does it mean to them to, to, to have to get those names if they want to use the name? Because I, I think I saw that he grabbed up some of the names that have been mentioned as possibilities. What's that mean now? So in terms of the branding challenge that comes with finding a new name under the scenario that, um, you know, for the person uh, now holds the trademark to, to dozens, if not more, of these quality choices, uh, the team in Washington has a couple of options. Um, first, they could pursue a legal scenario in which they take their case to court. And since the team has a large emotional appeal to its fan base and the surrounding community, um, any potential ruling could actually be viewed upon as favorable to the team for the sake of the community's best interest. Um, of course, there are no guarantees that a verdict in this scenario will come out in their favor. And therefore, another option would be for Daniel Snyder to uh, approach the individual with a price. Everyone has a price in these situations, and we've seen that play out uh, time and again. Um, you know, the third option would be to keep thinking of the right name that isn't part of this trademark ecosystem. Uh, and like I mentioned, you know, our branding for Merit Mile goes through a pretty rigorous exercise in all kinds of different corporate environments where we undergo a, a lengthy process that scrutinizes a lot of different naming options for a brand taking into account everything from prior intellectual property, domain, and trademarking to even finding a name that will, quite frankly, positively resonate with the customer base. So uh, the Redskins have been around a long time. How important is it to get this right? Um, and I mean, how long does it, uh, do they have to look at this to, before you settle on one? They're taking all the legalities out of it with the trademark that the guy grabbed up. Well, Washington is one of the spotlight franchises in the NFL. I believe they've been in, uh, associated with football for almost 90 years, and it's 
it's just always going to be viewed as one of those marquee franchises. So getting the name right is going to be extremely critical. Now, if if I were advising Mr. Snyder, um, what I would what I would strongly suggest is you pay really close attention and you listen. Um, and 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 I think it's going to be important for him to gather not only people inside the organization but also people outside the organization who are involved with the community so that um, any potential name that they're thinking about, and I'm sure they'll narrow down their list, you really want to make sure that it's got uh, a nice uh, uh, sound and it resonates well with the, with the community leaders and, and everybody who's going to be associated with it. And is this, a, uh, is this a gut feeling move or a focus group move? What, what kind of study goes into this? There's no science to it. Um, the, the best thing is to just make sure you have that open dialogue. You can do a focus group. You can do an informal group. You can, uh, you know, have have lunch with with five or six uh, uh, really important leaders from different uh, uh, from different corners of uh, of the community. The, the the most important part is that you're open and willing to get that so critical feedback. And I think that's what a lot of people are nervous about. Is we're we're talking about a um, uh, a, a successful businessman who's kind of uh, built a reputation of I'm going to do it my way or the highway, and that's the fear is that um, that's going to be the approach taken this time around, and you know we might end up with a name that maybe it doesn't have the um, high sensitivity that the current name or the now retired name has, but um, but it'll still uh, miss the mark, so to speak. How important is it to keep the same colors? Um, well, colors, I think, is, is negotiable. I think it depends on what the, what the name and the moniker is. Um, you know, it, it, uh, that, that can vary, but um, the, the colors are, that's another, that's another thing, especially in sports, that goes along hand-in-hand with sports marketing. So uh, I think it's important to also get the right feedback and um, put up a sampling of different color pa- patterns and uh, see what resonates with certain people. Because remember, you've got a lot of money riding on the line here. It's not mm-hmm. just about sponsors that want to make sure that you get the right name, but you want to sell a lot of jerseys and uniforms and um, and, and, and other goods and, and so paraphernalia. And, and having that um, color pattern that, that really appeals with the, uh, uh, with the customer base and fan base is going to be critically important as well. Is this going to cost uh, the owner, Daniel Snyder, a lot of money? This process, I mean, you know, not number one, eliminating the existing name and then adding another one. Well, if Mr. Snyder does it the right way, and he's he's a he's a smart businessman first and foremost, he's going to realize that this might be one of those classic scenarios where you got a little, you got to spend a little money up front to make a lot more money down the road. Because if he does this the right way and he turns the reputation around and the team also happens to turn around, and now you've got a very marketable logo and, and, and name that where people are going to want to go out and buy a lot of uh, uh, merchandise, um, even though he's going to spend a little money to recreate his identity, he'll make a lot more in the long run. And I only have a minute left here, but uh, what does this do to the value of uh, all the Redskins gear that's left over? Somebody's going to make some money <laughs> with that, aren't they? Potentially, yeah, but you know, you also you also have to think we we, we can't we can't discount the reason why um, we put so much pressure on this team to make a change. Right. Um, it it stands for something that that offends many people, and it has offended many people for for a long time. So even though you've got all this um, this gear, you know, there's probably a a certain population of of, of hardcore. Uh, Washington football fans that are always going to cherish this uh, this year, but um, but by and large, I think over time, um, the right thing hey. is to uh, is to embrace the new year. John, I'm out of time. John Sternel, PR uh, director at Merritt Mile. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Okay, see ya. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Florida is reporting a new single-day high mark of 156 coronavirus deaths. The state continues to experience a swift rise in cases. Officials in the hard-hit Miami area weighing another blanket lockdown. 
Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson has issued an order requiring people to wear masks in public throughout the state, which is dealing with a surge in cases. The Republican governor issued the order today after weeks of resisting such a requirement. The U.S., Canada, and Mexico have agreed to keep their shared borders closed to non-essential traffic until at least late August. That's because of COVID-19. Wall Street finishing lower after mixed reports on the economy highlighted its uncertain path. The Dow lost 135 points today. The Nasdaq was off 76. The S&P 500 down 11. This is SRN News. The people in this movie share three things in common. They are courageous. They have had a life-changing experience. And they are black American conservatives. These are the voices of the movie Uncle Tom. I don't remember the actual day, but I remember the emotion that I felt when it when it happened. I'm often asked, was there an epiphany? I started asking questions. As I became more politically aware. A lot of the way that I saw things began to change. All this information I've been taking in for several years. A continuation of these kind of contradictions. I had bought into all of these lies. You begin to see what the real agenda is. The story that is changing hearts and minds and opening eyes. Their journey will amaze you. Their courage will challenge you. Audiences everywhere are saying Uncle Tom is a must-see movie. Go to UncleTom.com to buy it now. Use promo code MOVIE for 20% off. UncleTom.com. Promo code MOVIE. Mike Gallagher wants someone to check his math. U.S. Daily Numbers via COVID-19 tracking project. Two days ago, 476 deaths. Yesterday, 327. And I'm stupid enough to look at the death rate going down thinking, boy, that looks pretty good to me. Maybe I don't know how to read numbers. The Mike Gallagher Show. Weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250. The Answer. The Answer Pittsburgh celebrates the high school class of 2020, and we'd like to reward your college-bound seniors' achievement during our Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, presented by Salem Media Group. Enter now through August 20th for a chance to win a $500 school package. Click the contest banner at TheAnswerPGH.com and upload a photo of your senior with a short bio of their future plans. Then, Friday, August 21st, one lucky senior will win a $500 school package. The Senior Spotlight Sweepstakes, brought to you in part by Salem Media Group. Salem Surround and this station. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Upon your passing, you wouldn't want a judge to decide who raises your children or how your estate gets divided. It is important to review your estate planning documents to ensure they protect what matters most. At Abernathy and Hagerman, we will work with you to establish an estate plan that nominates a guardian for your minor children and that your assets are used for your family's benefit. Judge for yourself. For legal help that lasts a lifetime, visit a-h.law. Is there a story in you today? Have you felt the tug of God on your heart to write those words in a book? Join us now at ChristianAuthors.com to find out how we can help you heed your call to publish. They're the largest, most experienced Christian self-publisher in the world. Thousands of people just like you, from pastors to professors, stay-at-home parents to entrepreneurs, tell their stories. Ready to learn more? Visit ChristianAuthors.com for your free guide to Christian publishing today and reach the world with your testimony. ChristianAuthors.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. CS Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. On the outbound Parkway East, got about a five-minute delay. Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Inbound also a little slow into the tunnel. Some accidents to watch out for. West Mifflin, Lebanon Church Road at Delwar Road. Also McKeesport, an accident on the McKeesport-Duquesne Bridge. And a crash also in Gibsonia, Meridian Road, and Dickey Road. Watch out for a fallen tree in Ross Township, McIntyre Road at Derwent Drive. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. There's a severe thunderstorm watch, 378, in effect throughout this evening. Otherwise, for tonight, partly cloudy and humid, with a severe thunderstorm early in the evening. Storms can bring flash flooding and damaging winds, with a low 71. A morning shower or thunderstorm for tomorrow. Otherwise, sun and clouds, humid with a high 87. 
With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Gregory Patrick. You're listening to the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, Jeffrey Epstein's girlfriend slash pimp Jelaine Maxwell was uh, denied bail yesterday, which should surprise no one. And she's sitting in a prison cell in New York right now, and everybody's wondering who she's going to be singing about to cut her prison time at some point. Uh, Dylan Howard is the author of Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and he joins us now. Dylan, thanks for being here. John, good to be with you. So uh, what exactly uh, was the role that Jelaine Maxwell played? I mean, we uh, everybody has heard that he procured uh, young girls for him, but to what extent and how, how guilty is she? Well, first of all, Jelaine Maxwell has been steadfast in her denials of any wrongdoing. Now, if she's guilty of anything at this point, it's excessive hubris in the sense that she didn't believe that she was going to be arrested. But the reality was that when Jeffrey Epstein died, even when they charged Jeffrey Epstein, the Department of Justice said that this was an ongoing investigation into a criminal enterprise. That enterprise being the trafficking of children uh, for sex purposes and for the purposes of obtaining compromising information on the rich and powerful for which Maxwell and Epstein sold to various foreign intelligence agencies. Now, the six-count indictment for which Deslane has pleaded not guilty alleges that she was also involved in the sexual acts with minors, which is is a troubling and startling revelation as to her involvement in this scheme. Now, you mentioned about the uh, dealing with intelligence agencies. You don't hear much about that. The, most of what you hear is the, the salacious stuff, the, the, uh, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll part of it. Um, but how, how much of a, um, of a part of, of all of this was the, the blackmailing and the, the dealing with intelligence agencies from other countries? A huge part. The reality was that Ghislaine Maxwell's father, Robert Maxwell, uh, was a spy for Israel's Mossad. He was a former British press tycoon who once also owned the New York Daily News. In the late 1980s, the business of spying was transferred to Ghislaine and her young boyfriend at the time, Jeffrey Epstein. These two continued on a pattern that Robert Maxwell had established, specifically working for Israel, Russia, and Saudi Arabia. Much has been made about how Jeffrey Epstein amassed his $600 million fortune. This goes a long way to explaining it. He would boast to others that he worked for the likes of Adnan Khashoggi, the famous, notori- the famous and notorious Saudi Arabian arms dealer. Their connections to foreign intelligence were hinted at in the court hearing when the judge denied her bail. They said that she had the connections, the foreign connections, to be able to flee the country. Now, with that said, again, this comes back to the hubris of Ghislaine Maxwell. For 12 months, she has been living in seclusion, she says, on the basis that the media was hounding her. Mm. But she quite easily could have pulled a Roman Polanski and fled to France, where she holds citizenship and where extradition is to the USA is notoriously difficult. She had the means to do it, but she didn't believe that she was ever going to be charged. Now, was uh, when I saw that she they found her at the, at the house in New Hampshire, which was pretty secluded. Um, and if you think she, if you say that she didn't think she was going to be charged, she seemed to be hiding from somebody. Was she hiding from people who thought who she thought might want her not to be on the planet anymore? That's spot on. Uh, that is that is my understanding. She had five uh, retired British military operatives as bodyguards. You don't have five military bodyguards to keep the press at bay. Now, 
why does Ghislaine think that she would never be charged? Well, in the late 2000s, Jeffrey Epstein struck a plea deal in Palm Beach County in Florida in which he pled to one uh, charge of solicitation of a prostitute, not a minor, a prostitute. Um, it was described as the sweetheart deal of the century. It effectively right. afforded him um, jail time for a year, but he could leave the jail and go to his office during working hours. As part of that plea deal, he negotiated immunity and protection for others, others being alleged co-conspirators. Now, Epstein was set to invoke this as his defence prior to his apparent suicide, and Maxwell, I understand, sought counsel in recent months from high-profile lawyers who said that that cooperation, that immunity agreement, would stand up. Now, the Southern District of New York believes it will not, and it believes that that plea deal is only isolated to that one county and that the other 94 federal jurisdictions in the United States do not have to abide by that immunity agreement. This is not being tested in a court of law, and if it does, it could open the floodgates to many individuals being ch charged with criminal offences despite taking immunity or plea deals elsewhere in other jurisdictions. We're talking to Dylan Howard, who's the author of Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Um, so the people who that she was apparently hiding from, uh, how powerful are, are they or how powerful are the people that uh, are the people who might be trying to snuff her out, uh, who, the people that they represent? I mean, who are we talking about here? Uh, not without, I don't know if you want to say uh, if you have specifics, but just the kinds of people that might be really nervous right now about what she's about to sing? Well, if this case goes to trial, which I doubt that it will, it has the potential to be one of the most explosive trials the world has ever seen because Ghislaine would have to tell all about the espionage tactics. Those that might, might want her silenced are not necessarily those that have been blackmailed or those that have compromat in the hands of foreign intelligence, it would be the foreign intelligence themselves. Here is an asset that has been snookered and has the potential to give up their secrets, how they mm -hmm. operate, how they've operated on US soil without impunity. So I think her concern were the powers above her. Well, the, uh, the, I think the judge said the, set the trial for next July, a year from now. You don't think that trial is ever going to happen. What is going to happen? Well, there are three distinct routes that could be uh, uh, taken right here. It goes to trial. The Southern District of New York rarely takes criminal cases to trial because their cases are so watertight, they're unimpeachable. Mm -hmm. So what would be happening right now behind closed doors is federal prosecutors will be putting the squeeze on Ghislaine and telling her, you're facing 35 years and you're likely to get 35 years? Just take a look at how the courts handled Harvey Weinstein. They threw the book at him. Bill Cosby, they threw the book at him. You're, go you're going away for the rest of your life and you'll never see daylight. Now, that opens the opportunity for her to either tell some information and plead, plead down her, her indictment to lesser counts um, or maybe some counts are dropped and she gets maybe 10 to 20 years jail. Or three, she sings like a canary. I'm told she won't sing on certain individuals. But you don't get a choice. If you're going to sing against one, you sing about all. And that chorus would be potentially explosive. So um, can you name some people who might be the most nervous right now? People that, Not if that I are want to get recognizable clear. names? <laughs> well, look, the reality of the matter is this criminal enterprise doesn't discriminate. Uh, both aisles of ideological lines, both aisles of the political uh, spectrum are implicated right. in this. As we know, Bill Clinton has sought to minimise his involvement with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. 
He said that he only flew on uh, the Lolita Express, his private jet, as it was dubbed on a handful of occasions, while I'm juggling 28 times. So my hands are full. That's how many times Bill Clinton flew on the plane. That doesn't mean he did anything nefarious, but they certainly weren't talking about what happened on Sunday night football. At the time, his wife was a senator serving on various committees. Do you think they were talking about geopolitics? Absolutely. Would that information have been beneficial to foreign intelligence agencies? Absolutely. Likewise, President Donald Trump has sought to minimise his involvement with Jeffrey Epstein. He sort of talks about Marilyn. So, um, so the I think most people, Dylan, uh, think that um, it's about people like Bill Clinton. Clinton. It's more about Bill Clinton and people like him and, and Donald Trump or any political figure. Uh, being embarrassed more than it is about um, the espionage part of it. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, we we dropped uh, Dylan. That, that's uh, it's. This is kind of new stuff to me. Um, that uh, the espionage part of it, you don't hear that much about it in the uh, in the media stories about this uh, case. And um, I thought some of the stuff he said there about the espionage uh, part of it sounded. Uh, Pretty ominous, pretty strange. Um, so we hope to uh, to get him back. The name of the book uh, seems like a, a pretty good book. Uh, Dylan Howard is the name of the author, and the book is Epstein: Dead Men Tell No Tales. Uh, Dylan, are you back? I am indeed. I apologize. Oh, okay. Sorry, we lost you. Yeah. Where I am? Yeah, um, I, I think what I was saying when we lost you was that. Um, you're talking about a lot of the espionage factor here, and I don't think that the stories in the media emphasize that very much. I think most people think this is about more about uh, you know people like Bill Clinton being embarrassed or you know getting in trouble with his wife more than it is about serious um, espionage. It's the it's it's a narrative that people don't necessarily want to pursue. Because if you look down the rabbit hole, you might find something sinister. But the reality of the matter is a whistleblower has gone on the record to say Epstein and Maxwell were spies. He was a former handler for Delane's father, Robert Maxwell. His name is Ari ben Mashani. He lived in Montreal now. Um, he has a dubious past, but at the same time, um, he was an asset of Israel. And believe it or not, the amount of times that Israel has been caught spying on the United States in recent years is hundreds. Um, Likewise, the United States spies on other foreign entities. Uh, The idea of espionage, as seductive as it is to talk about right now, is not necessarily, necessarily something the mainstream media will pursue, in my view, because it doesn't fit how they want to cover the news. And that is a biased agenda from the left to get Joe Biden elected and from the right to get Donald Trump re-elected. And this doesn't fit within the narrative if people are talking about espionage. But at the very heart of this story is if the United States government allowed Maxwell and Epstein to operate on United States soil as foreign spies that were known to the government, then that is a fundamental problem for the American people. So let me see, let me guess, see if I got this straight. You're saying that the, the American government was aware that what was going on and also was okay with it because it was helping them out with their spying and with their intelligence work? I'm not uh, sure why the U.S. government turned seemingly a blind eye to this, but Trump's former Labor Secretary, Alex Acosta, has gone on the record to say that his prosecution of Epstein when he was uh, a federal prosecutor in Florida was curtailed because he was told, this is above your pay grade, stand down. So who told him that? Mm -hmm. Why did they tell him that? When did they tell him that? And on what basis did they tell him that? In my mind, there is no doubt that the United States 
government as a whole knew about Maxwell Epstein sex trafficking ring. And what makes this all the more devastating is that hundreds of young women's lives were destroyed, their souls tattered as a result, potentially, of the government's own actions. That must, that's a much bigger story than Bill Clinton being embarrassed. Um, you know, it that's, is, uh, and it's a pretty big it's deal. By time, the mainstream media woke up to this fact and realized the consequences of our government allowing spies to operate on American soil. I got a last question for you. I only have about 30 seconds left. Did he kill himself? I can't answer it in 30 questions. Here's what I tell you. I believe it was an assisted suicide. I believe he was given the means and opportunity to commit suicide. They knew he was vulnerable. Someone got to him and said, you might as well just take your life. You don't get returned to regular prison population two weeks after attempting to commit suicide, and you're not given regular clothing in order to commit suicide. And that's why Ghislaine Maxwell is wearing paper behind bars as the world's most watched prisoner. Wow. Uh, great stuff, Dylan. I'm out of time. Dylan Howard is the author. The book is Epstein, Dead Men Tell No Tales, and it sounds like a good one. Thanks a lot, Dylan. Appreciate it. Anytime. Thank you. We'll be right back. Uncle Tom is a movie that leftist Democrats don't want you to see, which, of course, is one big reason why you should want to see it. Uh, Uncle Tom stars Larry Elder, Candace Owens, Herman Cain, and Brandon Tatum. Now, they all share three things in common. They're courageous, they had a life-changing experience, and they are black conservative Americans. Something else they have in common? Their voices are the ones the leftists don't want you to hear at a time when so many desperately need to hear it. It's their stories of how their lives were changed when they finally figured out the truth. It's the story of black conservatives in their own voice. You can see Uncle Tom now on pay-per-view. Just go to UncleTom.com and download it. The stories that these courageous people have to tell will shock you. Their journey will amaze you. It's a story of redemption and hope. It's the story of America's black conservatives, and it's the truth. See Uncle Tom now. Just go to UncleTom.com. This is AM 1250, The Answer. Worried about deductibles and co-pays, dental or vision? How about elective procedures? Marley Financial has got you covered. This is John Stagerwald. Marley Financial is now offering a new health savings account that can be used for anything health-related, anything, co-pays and deductibles, any prescription, even elective procedures. Marley's new turbocharged health savings account can set you free of high premiums and out-of-pocket expenses. There's even a company matching component that can provide two or even three to one in benefits. And because it's a contribution, not a premium, your value stays with you for the rest of your life. And if you recently lost your job and your health benefits, Marley has programs to get you the coverage you need when you need it most. Call Marley Financial today at 724-884-1496 and ask about their new turbocharged health savings account. That's 784-884-1496. Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the marketplace at MarleyFG.com. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal, and families are getting out to shops, stores, and restaurants. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Business recovery plans should be ready to go right now. The marketing team at Salem Surround is ready to help, so you don't waste a minute or a dollar recapturing market share. We'll help design your recovery plan targeting potential customers with proven marketing strategies. With everything in our toolkit working for you. Digital, audio, mobile, even audience engaging contests and promotions. Contact Salem Surround for a free evaluation of your digital marketing plan. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers.
You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to our listeners. You can get great discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the radio listener specials. You're going to see some amazing offers. Right now, MyPillow is offering an exclusive radio special. Today, they're offering buy one, get one free on a variety of their amazing products, including the Suprema MyPillows, MyPillow towels, roll-and-go anywhere pillows, duvet covers, Giza pillowcases, bolster pillows, and neck pillows. Plus, if you buy Mike Lindell's book, What Are the Odds? From Crack Addict to CEO, you'll get free shipping and a $25 gift card. Just go to MyPillow.com and enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087. Be sure to use promo code STAG. MyPillow is answering the call for more face masks as the country continues to deal with the global coronavirus pandemic. They'll be making face masks for hospitals across the country. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Breaking news. Uh, I told you at the beginning of the show that there's uh, some rumors going around about a big story coming out about the Redskins. The story is out. Uh, and it ain't about the name change. A group of 15 female former employees accused top team executives of sexual harassment and verbal abuse in a damning report on the team's internal culture on Thursday. Washington team employees <clears throat> excuse me, accused of workplace misconduct include top player personnel executives Richard Mann III and Alex Santos, who were fired earlier this month, and Larry Michael, the team's longtime radio play-by-play announcer, who announced his retirement on Wednesday. This report uh, surfaced just hours after the team retained top attorney Beth Wilkinson to conduct an internal review of its operations. Wilkinson said the probe... Uh, uh, would investigate allegations of workplace misconduct. And uh, the Washington Post has a uh, story with uh, some quotes from one of the women involved. It's pretty ugly. So uh, you'll be hearing a lot about that very soon. And we'll try to talk about it a little bit tomorrow, maybe. Thanks for listening today. Talk to you then. Bye. John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.